Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today, coming from San Antonio, Texas, we have Martha Schoenve joining us. I'm so happy to have you, Martha. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me on and for you know kind of getting to know each other a little bit. It's been really nice so far, and I'm excited. Me too. Thank you so, so much. All right. Can you please tell us a little bit about you so that we have the feeling that we know you? Sure. So a little bit about me is that I'm originally not from Texas. I know that's a big thing for Texans. Um, I'm from Oregon originally, and I ended up here in Texas after I joined the military. Um, after that, I went back to school. I ended up getting my master's degree because I wanted to go um, help my community more specifically. Um, and that's how I ended up here. Um, right now, I'm the manager of a nonprofit called Pause for Purple Hearts here in our local um, our local office in San Antonio. And what we do here is we train service dogs for disabled veterans, and we provide some really neat um, innovative therapy called canine-assisted therapy, where veterans come in and they get to work with the dogs and help train them. Um, so it kind of gives them a bigger purpose, but also helps them with their PTSD and other injuries. And then if that's not keeping me busy enough, I am also the founder of Tangent Tees, where I focus on making quality athletic shirts for plus-size people um, because I couldn't find them uh, when I started um, kind of exercising some more and just being active in a toasty city. Uh, and that is the nutshell version of me. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. That's yeah. great. So um, how long have you been in the military? Um, I was in for six years, um, and I've been out for eight. So okay. I've, been in, I've been in San Antonio for about 12, 13 years now. 13. Oh, right. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, wait a minute. Right? We're at the end of 2023. I got here the end of 2010. So, wow. Time oh, flies. Wow. Yeah. It's a while ago. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm getting old. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we all do. We all do. <laughs> so we are on Real Talk, Real Women. And one of the main topics we talk about here is breaking the silence around abuse. That really means that we do not hide the taboo things. We do not keep silent when something is wrong. And it, it doesn't matter if it just happened or if it happened 30 years ago. When something is wrong and we say it, what we are doing is empowering the former victim to say, hey, there is something more. And this empowering the weight of the secret on something bad. So. My question for you is what kind of abuse did you overcome in your life? I've had a pretty mixed bag, actually. Um, um, when I was a child, uh, my mom was really narcissistic. Um, we kind of lived under a rock, if you will. I was homeschooled, which in itself is not bad, but kind of when combined with a bit of religious extremism and you're kind of sheltered away from other people, that can really do a do a number on you. So um, she was mentally and physically abusive in the true 1990s style. And um, 
after I got out of that situation, I went straight into an, an abusive marriage. Um, I was financial abuse, sexual abuse. Um, I was raped by my husband at the time. Um, and it was really difficult for me to figure out how to get out of that with having that hyper-religious mindset of you have to do everything you need to do to get out of this. Or I'm sorry, not to get out of this, but to to stay in it. You got to do everything you can to stay there, to sustain it. You got to be a good wife, got to be a trooper. Um, so I eventually got out of that. I thought the military, joining the military would help because then it would take me out of that city. But then I caved. Um, I had filed for a divorce, but then I was like, oh no, come with me and we'll try one more time. We'll try everything kind of thing. Um, and eventually, uh, while I was having surgery, unrelated to that, I had enough and I told him to leave while I was at the hospital and I had military police escort him off of the base um, because just him walking in the room would spike my um, blood pressure and my heart rate, which was super dangerous um, coming out of surgery. So that was that was a big step for me. Um, while I was there recovering, bought him a one-way plane ticket and said, anything you have packed, I will ship to you when I can move, when I can like physically do things. And thankfully, I've never seen him since. Um, <laughs> that was that was a big one. And then while I was in the military, um, I was severely beaten um, while I was in training. Um, another another sailor really uh, did some permanent damage to my shoulder, messed up my back. Um, I couldn't move one side of my body for several days. Um, that was fun. Let's see. <laughs> I use a bit of sarcasm. Sorry. It's one of my like coping things. I'm like fun. Not really fun. Uh, I think that's, yeah, that's the trauma nutshell. Yeah. That's a trauma. It is a real thing. One of the things that must be recognized is that it's not because you love someone so much. Yeah. That it's the right couple for a relationship. I didn't even love him. That was the hard, that was the hard part. I just felt so compelled because of my upbringing and the um, religious culture aspect that it was my duty to make it work no matter what. Didn't matter how, it didn't matter how I felt. I was literally trained and raised to ignore my own feelings because they were lying. Those feelings are lying to me which obviously isn't the truth. And of course I matter. Um, so it was, it took a long time. It took years to sort of shift my thinking and it took therapy and it took meeting my now, my second husband, my wonderful husband and having valuable people in my life who, who valued me. It was a mutual, it was a mutual feeling where it's like, Hey, I value you. I'm going to help you. You value me. You're going to help me. You know, it's, it's that community that I never had, um, where it's, you're not there because of duty. You're there because you want to be, and you're genuinely good people. Wow. And one of the things that always struck me is that oftentimes when you meet someone who is highly religious, uh -huh. there is a, a, there is such a big heart um, and there is such a, a, a big 
propension to love, to help, to be present, to be helpful in any way, shape, or form, to 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 yeah, really to help. Yeah. And at the same time, it's not like from the outside in, it feels like people who are raised in churches are like really like so so have so big hearts yeah like but they're really when, loving and welcoming exactly mm -hmm. exactly but when you listen to the stories of those who end up leaving the church you realize wow there was so much untold may i dare to say abuse I may dare to say abuse. Yeah, you can because there's abuse. the mental abuse of being told that you don't matter because yeah. of a higher being or because of a relationship, because of any number of things. We do matter. And that's not pride. That's not um, uh, it's not boastful. It's Va valuing each individual as themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I am not religious, but I do believe that there is um, divine intervention or a higher power, you know, whatever someone might call it. But I think that folks who are deeply in religion have a tendency to foster their religious beliefs to the point where they don't have an individual identity. They, they truly believe that they're being genuine and they want to help others, but it they're doing it because the church said so, or because they're told this is how they have to act. And so I think it's really hard for people who are then in an abusive relationship, whether with their religion or with a spouse or anyone else, it's really hard to, to then separate yourself and figure out who you are. And I think that's something really powerful to, to especially women to realize because we can exist as ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have that right, that power. We yeah. have that, that gift from God. Let's put it that yeah. way, right? That's amazing. And the other kind of abuse you mentioned is being raped by your, at that time, husband. Yeah, that twice. That's something that is not talked about. Yeah. It's not usual to hear that. Yeah. But it does happen. And what I noticed with the few people who were able to hint in that direction is that daring to put those words on a sexual relationship of a married couple supposed to have sexual relationship. Uh -huh. It's like, why do you talk about raping? Because I mean, you are supposed to- It's your duty. Kind of, exactly, it's your duty. And you are supposed to, to, to have that kind of uh, uh, privilege, you know? And when we really hear um, that, word rape in a married couple that hints on a completely different dynamic yeah dynamic where one owns the other dynamic where one 
is submitted under, like really, I chose my words, submitted yeah. under their husbands yeah. or the, the male part of the couple. And, and it's not healthy. And as you were mentioning just a few minutes ago, it's a loss of identity. Yeah. Wow. You mentioned an interesting word, submit. Yeah. I think that that's one where to Christian religions, I think that that gets misconstrued because I, I don't remember the verse, but there is a, a Bible verse that talks about wives submit to your husbands. Absolutely. I have the same in my, in, in my memory. Yeah. And I think the word submit has been twisted to fit a particular narrative. And I think that then women who are in abusive situations or relationships, they get that idea, the twisted idea in their head that that means they have to do whatever their husband wants, whether it's healthy, whether it's right or not. I think you get stuck in that. Right, I agree so much. And when you explore the same Bible that says that, it also says that a virtuous woman, she's the head of the household, basically. Yeah. And she thinks about everything and she manages everything and she even has businesses and, and things like that. I mean, women are powerful. We can do everything. We How can cool is do that? that. That's true. <laughs> And that's true. But accepting and recognizing and starting to say, hey, I was raped by my husband. That's a huge form of abuse. Yeah. That's a huge one. And when you work in the military, that also means that you have that physical training, you have that mental toughness, you are able to go to war to protect your country and also to protect yourself and to live as long as possible in order to continue your duty for the military and for the for the country. But I have heard too many times yeah. that women who go in the military come back with sexual trauma included. Yeah. I have heard that too many times. It even has its own term now, mili- MST or military sexual trauma. Oh my it's God. where, it, because it has its own kind of compounding factors, like yeah. whether it was my ex-husband or it could have been another service member, it doesn't really matter. The point is that you you have that training, you have this mindset that you are strong, you are powerful, you are ready to go do all of these things for any number of reasons, but yet you are still so vulnerable and you are powerless in that moment to stop something from happening to you. Yeah. Um, and so it, it really affects your psyche in a different way when you have that military plus sexual abuse, sexual assault, whatever um, applies. Um, so I think it's important for folks to realize that that can, that level of disrespect, distrust, abuse, um, it's important to recognize it for what it is. Yeah, this is what we do here. Yeah. I love it. I love creating this space for people to talk about it. 
Yeah, it's really giving this opportunity and, and reminding, hey, you may or may not know it, but it's true and it's happening right under our nose. We just yeah. don't know it because it's hidden. And on real talk, real women breaking the silence around abuse, it's not hidden anymore. It's talked yeah. about. And yes, it is bad. Now we try to not be too graphic, right. but it is, it, we, we really mention those things. Now mentioning those things is also a way to say, hey, I am victorious over. And then you can list the kind of abuse you are victorious over. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, I made it on the other side. There is a life beyond the abuse that I experienced. I have the chance to not only rebuild myself, but to build a wonderful business. So tell us now about your business, Tangentees. Yeah, so, so that sort of became as a result of losing myself after military service. So I had my daughter... I got out of the military right about the same time and I lost everyone. Um, in the military, you talk about having this family, this community that you've built up around you. Um, but when you get out, you're gone. Everyone that you've just spent your last however many years around, they're not around you anymore. And I, my mental health spiraled down and I'm like, you know what? I, I've got to figure something out. I, I got therapy. I got some help that way, but I also needed to find my people. I needed to find a community and connect to it. And um, I, I decided, okay, well, how do I find something? I don't really want to pick up a new hobby. What do, what do I do? And I'm like, I, I know what I'll do. I'm going to go intentionally do something that I've hated because I don't like the feeling of hate. And I don't think that it belongs as part of me. So I wanted to like conquer it. I wanted to be like, to use your word, victorious over it. So I'm like running. That is the only thing I hated while I was in the military. Like what a wild concept. Like I get out of the military and then I love it. Right. So I joined a local running club, the best group of people ever. Um, they are inclusive in every possible way. Um, they're accepting. It doesn't matter how slow or fast you are, if you're fat, if you're thin, tall, short, black, brown, white, it doesn't matter. Everyone there was just happy for you to be there. And um, to stay on track with Tangent Tees. So after I'd been running for a little bit, then some friends and I wanted to sign up for a 5K, a short race, just like a little goal we wanted to do. And we'd always seen these um, folks wearing fun shirts, like kind of matching their little group, right? And um, like a run first, then tacos kind of kind of thing. And I went to go order one, and I couldn't. I'm not, I am not on the extreme side of large. I am a 2X. I own it. That is who I am, but or part of who I am. But... I couldn't find an athletic shirt in that size where I could get a cute little saying on it. The biggest I could find was an XL. And I'm like, all right, there are people larger than me in this run club. I imagine there are all other sizes and people too. Couldn't find one. Like, okay, well, maybe someday I'll find one or someone will start it. That hasn't happened. So fast forward about four years and I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. What do you mean I still can't find 
a fun athletic shirt that's not cotton because nobody wants to run in cotton. That hurts. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to do it. I, I decided that I needed to do something more than just work for a nonprofit. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, what can I do? Okay. Here are my skills. I did like a little skills inventory of myself and I'm like, all right, how can I make a difference? I don't want to just like start another t-shirt company or just start a business and then let's rake in the money kind of mindset. Cause that's not me. Um, so I'm like, all right, what if I make a business that focuses on people and not the product? So my whole goal, my mission is to connect people with a community, um, regardless of your size or your disposition, anything about you. So my customers, when they go to order, there's a little box at the end. You know, sometimes you'll go order something online. There's like a leave a note for the seller. Well, that box for my customers is how do you want to connect to your community by you? And it could be, I want to find a group that does basket weaving, or I want to find someone to walk with. But if they tell me that piece of information, then I can look up their city and state or location. And I will physically go find something for them and say, hey, I contacted this group or this person. They are welcoming. Can you try this out? And then let me know if that worked. Let me know if you connected with them. How did you have fun? How did it work? And I think focusing on that can help me be successful in the business so that I can continue to connect more people. And a minimum of 10% of my profits go back into a nonprofit that supports mental health. And I'll just, and I'll kind of cycle through those a bit. But since I have like my nonprofit background, I already know how to vet them and be like, nope, they're, they actually are doing good work and they're not just sort of uh, trifling things away. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited for it um, to make something accessible for people who don't have it and to connect people and allow them to not shut themselves off from the world. Um, I think women, especially plus sized women or other minorities, um, don't have the same opportunities um, to even just talk to other people and just exist. And so I'm hoping that I can um, create more opportunities for that. Wow. I think your mission is so important. I love that that notion of community, that value of community. Yes. Because by leading with community, you are going to get community around you. You're going to create community. I hope so. That's the goal. <laughs> Absolutely. That's going to happen because this is what you are calling it. Yeah. And doing that is truly, truly amazing. Thanks. Okay, so tangenttea.com or tangenttees.com. Okay, tangenttees.com. Yeah. Okay. Even, so, even if you even if you do a different version of the T E E S or T E E or something like that, I have all the domains like funneled to one so that hopefully I've got my basis covered so folks can still find me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. Martha, you are such, such a blessing. Thank you for having broken the silence around the abuse you have experienced, having inspired the audience that a life beyond that is possible. And not only that, you show the way, 
you found something that does not exist the way you want it and you say you know what screw it i'm doing it boom let's do it together <laughs> i love that that is truly truly amazing thank you for doing that we have all your information in the description of the episode making sure to connect people to you in the meantime they have your name the name of your company and i really wish you all the success that you deserve and connecting people to their own communities and point of interest wow thank you so much i'm really excited to uh, to see what we can do and um i'm hopeful that because uh, we're launch we're just now launching so that i'm hopeful in about six months maybe i can give you an update and see how many people we've we've connected and maybe maybe see some really tangible proof that this can um that this can work as a business model and hopefully inspire some more women to kind of follow their passion and be successful because of not in spite of but because of some really horrific experiences in their life use it to propel you um like be victorious over it and conquer what has happened to you in order to do new things we all agree thank you for saying the words that matters everybody matters and i hope everyone can see that yes thank you Marcel. have an amazing day looking forward to talking with you again thank you Gemma. i look forward to seeing you soon